Wow. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Good morning. Welcome, welcome to Noblesville First. I am Pastor Jill. Happy 4th, and we are looking forward today to continuing our series on doing a new thing, a church in transition. We welcome those of you joining us online as well, and we will light this light of Christ as a symbol that we are all worshiping together in spirit and truth this morning, uniting us together as one, no matter where we are worshiping today. I invite you to join me in our call to worship. Praise be to God who has freed us from oppression. Praise be to God who has healed our wounded souls. Let our hearts rejoice at God's redeeming love. Let our voices rise in songs of thanksgiving for all that God is doing for us. Come, let us worship the Lord with our whole hearts. May our praise and voices resound with joy. Amen. Let's stand and sing together our opening hymn, God of the Ages. Let us pray. Holy God, we give thanks for all of the freedoms that we celebrate today. Be with us as we worship you in spirit and truth. Send your spirit in our hearts that we might be free to worship and praise as we feel led. May the words, the songs, the fellowship this morning refresh our hearts to go out and serve you and the world in all that we say and all that we do. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. 
Good morning, and welcome to those also online. Thank you for joining us this morning here at church. Oh, and I'm, I wanted to look a little fireworky today. That's why I have all these colors on. <laughs> that is a word, right? Fireworky. This morning, this morning we'd like to share some concerns and some thoughts with you as well. We ask that you please pray for Zoe Terhune, Zoe Terhune, and her husband John. Zoe was admitted to Riverview Hospital last night for an infection, and we pray for her recovery from that, as well as for endurance with her new chemotherapy treatments. We share our prayers for all the itinerant clergy and their families during their time of transition to new destinations and for all the congregations involved, including Noblesville First. We pray and call for the end to all the senseless violence in our country and around the world. May God forgive us and protect us. You are all welcome to submit any prayer requests and concerns to care at noblesvillefirst.com or call the pastoral care line 24-7 at 317-773-2590. Please also note that the church office is closed tomorrow on Monday, July 4th to celebrate the holiday and to enjoy the 4th of July parade and many fireworks festivals right here in Noblesville and central Indiana. Happy 4th of July, and be safe, everyone. I would also now ask that you all join together in a call to prayer. God of majesty and mercy, you came to us in Jesus Christ to show us the face of your love, and you still walk with us today to meet us in the midst of our joy and pain. In this time of prayer, help us to hear your voice so we know you still walk with us as our source of strength and our loving guide. May our prayers honor you, our source, Savior, and Spirit of life, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please join together also now for a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart this morning. And then I'll follow with a pastoral prayer. And then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Loving Father, Lord Jesus, and Most Holy Spirit, we call to you now to offer our thankful hearts and praises to you, our holy God. On this holiday weekend, may we remember that the best freedom is the freedom given to us by your pure and magnificent grace. Freedom in Christ to live as we should and to love as you would. May the fireworks of our land tonight remind us of the fire in our hearts for you as we reach for the heavens. Help us provide comfort to all that fear the loud noises and quiet their spirit. Thank you, Jesus. And, thanks, and thank you for the Lord's Prayer that you taught us long ago that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just a few announcements I'd like to make sure you are aware of as we keep ministry going here at Noblesville First in this week and weeks to come. First of all, it is July already, and so we are looking forward to our Creation Care Camp out at Teeter, July 25th through 29th, for children 7 through 11 years old. They're going to be learning about all kinds of amazing things about our creation, our nature out there, and uh, bugs and animals and even owl pellets, I hear. So... If you know anybody who would like to sign up or if you would like to volunteer, please visit their website, teeterorganicfarm.com camp. And of course, we are looking forward to welcoming Pastor Nicole with us on August 1st. And now is your chance to sign up for a time to meet with her in a group. And we have those dates on our website as well as the church office. So please pick a time that works for you. And we look forward to meeting and greeting her as she is trying to figure out everything going on here at Noblesville First and get to know her a little better. And then, of course, uh, youth group continues on through the summer with our student ministry director, David McKenzie. They have a birdies mini golf day coming up on uh, Wednesday, July 6th, as well as they have a bunch of things coming up at Teeter, so make sure you check that out on the website as well. And we are trying to get people to sign up to go on our Holy Land trip. I've already had some of you reach out and say you're interested. It's next April, and now's the time to sign up. So if you have any questions, please reach out to me. Let us know. Let us know in the connection card. We'll get in touch with you about that. And, of course, we invite you to check out our next steps on the website for anything else happening in our community and beyond And we look forward to welcoming you back at any of our activities and ministries that we have going on. And if you are visiting for the first time today, make sure to see Pam or myself or Bonnie. We'd be happy to officially welcome you, give you a gift, and answer any questions you might have. And now as we enter into our time of offering, I'd invite you to open your hearts to the ways to give so that we can honor the God who gives so much to us. So let us pray over these offerings that we'll give today in person, online, or in the future. Let's pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for each and every blessing that is poured out upon us. So we ask at this time that you would send your spirit to be poured out upon each gift that is offered up today, whether it's the gifts of our finances, of our hearts, of our hands and prayer, of the way that we love and serve others or even the ways that we are present right here and now for worship and fellowship. Bless these gifts, multiply them, let them be signs of the kingdom right here in our midst that affect not only Noblesville first, but the community and even beyond. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. iconic God bless America. Irving was a classic, wonderful American patriot, a Russian immigrant. And listen to these words. They always seem to have new meaning every time we sing them. God bless America.
Please join me in our prayer for understanding. God of wisdom, send us your spirit so that we may hear your word with new understanding. Move within us so that we respond in faithfulness for the sake of Christ, our living Lord. Amen. Today's scripture lesson comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. As Jesus walked alongside Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, throwing fish, fishing nets into the sea, because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed him. Continuing on, he saw another set of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, repairing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. One of my favorite movies of all time is called Keeping the Faith. Anybody seen it? No? Pam was the only one at Teeter who had seen this, this movie. This is one of my absolute favorite movies, and it's about two childhood friends... There's Ben Stiller and Edward Norton, and they grew up in New York City, and they ended up responding to a unique kind of calling on their lives. And these callings are called into question with the return of an old friend into their lives. Let's take a look. Coming soon on video and DVD. woman you and I have ever known. That's easy. Anne O'Reilly, eighth grade, no question. Got it. As kids, they were inseparable. Anne O'Reilly called you? And she wanted to get together with us. Wonder why she called you. But after 20 years, things have changed. Jake is a rabbi. Brian is a priest. Think she's changed? No, I bet she still weighs 88 pounds and listens to Leaf Garrett. Uh-huh. And Anna is all grown up. So what's your chick situation? Feel my abs. Punch me. I'm not gonna punch you. Are you no, some I'm kind of wuss? No, I'm like, not a wuss. Oh, are you okay? What are you doing here? I don't know. What am I doing here? Edward Norton. Have... Ben Stiller. Jenna Elfman. I'm in love with Jake. In a film directed by Edward Norton. <laughs> Keeping the Faith. Now available on video and DVD. <laughs> that movie's 22 years old now. Notice the VHS promo. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great date night film. It's also a film that explores this very complicated idea of calling as these two young men grow up to be a rabbi and a Catholic priest and wrestle with what that all means for them as they realize they're both in love with the same woman, only the problem is that Jake is expected to marry a Jewish woman and Brian is, of course, a Catholic priest, so he's celibate. And so they wrestle with this idea and they fight with each other and they realize at the end that you know, love, love wins out in the end. But I appreciate it because these two main characters are really honest about their struggles of being called by God to their respective roles, especially in their religious life. The ups and downs and the strange things that they deal with and the relationships that change and evolve. And I can definitely relate well to that. Father Brian in the movie explains his calling when he says, my parents had basically grown up with giving up on children when I came along, so my mother always called me her gift from God. That really stuck with me, and when I was eight, I had a feeling that I was supposed to return the favor. She was so happy she cried. My dad just wanted to know if working for God came with dental. <laughs> Whenever I read this story of these two sets of brothers responding to their call to Jesus and the gospel, I think of this funny line from the movie. And I wonder if, while shaking their heads, these fathers of these young men were asking the same kinds of questions. 
Now, if we are honest, those of us who are parents might have some idea or hope about what our children will grow up to be. My son is six, and I watch him tinkering with all kinds of things, and I think, man, he's going to be an engineer. And other times, he's looking at water and fish and trying to figure out ecological systems. Like Maybe he's going to be a biologist or a, a vet. I don't know. But he could turn out to be something completely different than what I think now. And oftentimes, we are not prepared for what direction our children might take. Now, I'm a prime example of this. Okay, this was my ordination day back in 2011. Every person in my immediate family went into some kind of medical practice, vocation. Both of my parents are retired OBGYN doctors. I've shared with you all several times that my life growing up was very interesting, especially around the dinner table conversations. Okay, and then my sister, who's there on the end, she went into physical therapy. And she and her husband have a practice out in Ojai, California. So here I am, a United Methodist minister. <laughs> they probably never in a million years would have guessed that one of their children would be doing what I'm doing. And to think my dad wanted me to be a lawyer. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> but it's a calling. It's a calling. I think that every one of us has a sense of some kind of calling in our lives whether it's teaching, whether it is being a doctor, whether it's to become a parent or not, whether it's a call to be single or a call to be married or to work at Starbucks or being a farmer or an engineer, whatever it is, we all have ways that we are called to live out our lives. And sometimes, sometimes many times in our lives, that calling changes directions without much warning. Now, Peter and Andrew were certainly not expecting their lives to change the way they did. They had been raised in the family business of fishermen. That is what they were expected to do, what they had been trained to do. And, of course, everything changed when this radical rabbi Jesus calls to them. Now, let's acknowledge who Jesus was in his time. He was a Jewish rabbi with Jewish disciples. Now, most Jewish boys around the age of five or six will begin to learn Torah, or the first five books of our Bibles as we know them today. It was expected that these young boys would have memorized that entire Torah by age 10. Now, I'm sure that our confirmation class would be very relieved to hear that they don't have to do that. Okay? <sighs> now, at this point, most children would no longer go to school because they would then rejoin their families and learn the family trade. But the best of the best would keep studying and move into a different phase. So by age 14 or 15, this group was expected to memorize all of the Hebrew scriptures. And then the next level, which was called Beit Midrash, was the best of the best of the best. And these students would then apply to be a rabbi's disciples. A disciple is someone who wants to be the rabbi and do what the rabbi does. So a student might shop around for a rabbi that they want to follow the most. Now, different rabbis had different understandings and interpretations of scripture and faith. And that was called the rabbi's yoke. So if you as a student wanted to follow a rabbi, you were willing to take that rabbi's yoke upon you. So like an interview, the rabbi would ask questions of the inquiring student. Questions about Torah, oral tradition. He might ask, can this kid do what I do? Can this student spread my yoke? Does he have what it takes? If the answer was yes, the rabbi would say, well, come and follow me. The student then devoted their entire life to be like the rabbi. And that is what it meant to be a disciple. So most rabbis would begin their teaching by age 30. So Jesus, of course, around the age of 30, begins this time of teaching. But instead of calling the best of the best, as Jewish tradition called for, Jesus does something different and unexpected. He comes across these two sets of brothers who are fishermen and says, Come and follow me. Now, just knowing that they are fishermen tells us they were not following any other rabbi. Instead, they were taking part in the family business. 
Perhaps they didn't make the cut that first time around. But here, this mysterious rabbi, Jesus, who calls them and says, Come and follow me. I think that you could do what I do. I love it when Rob Bell, author and speaker, says, Jesus calls the JV team to be his disciples, and they change the course of world history. And this all happened because these brothers were willing to take that risk and follow a new call on their lives. Now, when I meet new people after they have overcome the shock of doing what I do, and I tell them, what do you do? They then say, well, that's really interesting. How did you get into that? What is, what is your call story? Some people know the language. What's your call story? Well, it's a long one. I've shared pieces of it with you all throughout the last two years. But it's a story of long discernment, right, mixed with emotions of trying to figure out what was happening in my life, what direction I wanted to go. But also there was moments of clarity and doors being opened to me. It was one surrounded by mentors and support and people to help me ask those hard questions. But we oftentimes don't hear too much or talk too much about a calling these days. I'm even asked sometimes what it all means because some people just don't understand this idea of call. A calling is simply that which guides us in a certain direction. Our hearts feel a pull to do something, even though we may not, may not fully understand it, even though we might be a little bit afraid of it. And I believe it's a God thing, or a Holy Spirit thing. The Spirit of God whispers to our spirit that we are meant to fulfill a certain role within the world, and not to be afraid to follow that path, even though it may be uncertain, even though it may be uncomfortable, to sit in that in-between time of trying to figure out, I'm feeling this call, and what's the final result? So I think that we as a church are in that in-between time right now. It may be uncomfortable. It may feel anxious. It may even feel frustrating. But let's be okay with sitting in it together and keep encouraging each other through it. Because it will pass. It will pass. For Peter and Andrew and the brothers, it seemed that there wasn't an in-between time, though. They just dropped their nets, and they followed Jesus. The text makes it a point to say this happened right away or immediately. Sometimes our hearts just know when it's time to drop our nets and follow without question. Now, this was a very risky decision on their part, leaving everything behind in order to follow this strange rabbi, going to new places, getting into a lot of trouble on the way, learning a whole new way of life that would ultimately lead to their lives being threatened as their rabbi was tried and nailed to a cross. But we know the end of the story. Even though they laid their lives on the line in order to follow their calling, they went on to change the course of the world. They went on to tell the stories of Jesus, of love and grace and hope, and even to perform miracles themselves. Perhaps you today find yourself in a time of your life when you are discerning new directions. Maybe you are questioning what your calling is at this point in your life. Maybe you are being challenged by God in what you are being called to do. In this moment, perhaps we can also ask ourselves as a congregation what we are being called to next with this change on the horizon of a new lead pastor. Now, I believe this is a moment in time where we, we are being called to ask and ask to drop our nets without question or without much worry about the future. So it's up to us to decide to listen to his call to follow him or just stay in the boat and do the same old, same old what we know. And that's not going to get us anywhere. So the disciples responded to a new calling, the call of Jesus, and they changed the world. So as individuals and as a church, are we willing to do the same? May it be so. May it be so. Amen.
We have the privilege this morning of partaking in Holy Communion. And I'm reminded that the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, those same disciples sat at that table with him. And he shared a new commandment with them also. He said, love one another, love one another. And so that night, they also embraced a new calling that whatever came, they would share love with each other and change the world. And I'll cue you when to take yours. I already hear some opening. I love the excitement here. I'll cue you. So remember the night that Jesus gave himself up for us. He shared that special meal with his disciples. Those who had followed him for three years, risking it all to do so. And he took the bread that night and he gave thanks to God. He blessed it. And then he broke it. And he gave it to them and he said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He also took the cup. He gave thanks to God. He blessed it. And then he passed it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit upon each of us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ, that partaking of it, that we would be spiritually nourished in order to go out into the world to be your disciples, to take those risks, to respond to the call on each of our lives. So fill us in this moment, O God, and send us forth out into the world to let people know whose we are. We are yours. And we say, yes, Lord, here I am when you call. This we pray. Amen. So I invite you now to take your what I like to call communion kit. Peel that first layer off and find the wafer there. Remember the body of Christ given for you. And then take your juice, drink, and remember the cup of salvation. And let us pray. Oh God, we are thankful for this holy mystery. We are thankful for the ways that you reach into our lives, even through simple things such as bread and juice. Remind us of everything that you teach us, the ways that you challenge us, the ways that you call us. We give you thanks for these gifts today, the opportunity to partake of this sacrament. This we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we sing together our closing hymn.
Amen. Let's go forth with that prayer on our hearts. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with us. Go in peace. Have a great week. Thank you.